0: So you actually got an invite to Google's offices in London for a training course. Yes, yeah, that's on, right. On how to best use PWAs. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what it is PWAs can do and why they're so effective yeah. at what they do? Yeah, so I think the, the way
1: Google tried to approach it was basically what we're trying to do with the PWA is take the reach of the web and performance of a native app and combine those two things together. Yeah you know, there's there's a lot of yeah, the idea wasn't originally born because there's a lot of places in the world where connectivity isn't great. Um so you get sort of phrases like li-fi <laughs> where um your 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 wi-fi or your your signal strength is is lying to you about how good it is. <laughs> so you get you know you sort of get oh you get three bars of signal and it says 4G but actually it's crawling. Connectivity across the world isn't great in a lot of places. The idea of a PWA was to try and solve that problem. So, how can we deliver the native app qualities, you know, sort of functionality, speed, performance, this kind of stuff of a native app on the web without people having to download a 200 megabyte app, which can take a long time. If you're a, particularly if you're in a hurry, suddenly, oh, I need this. Um, you know, to stand there on your 3G network, wait for the app to download. Eventually, the app downloads
0: then get your phone bill through and find out that you've used a lot of data. A clear problem that PWAs were designed to address. Yeah. And it was about speed efficiency in lesser privileged regions. Yeah,
1: basically lower lower areas of connectivity. And there were sort of a a few key sort of selling points, if you like. So it was the idea of speed, performance, the concept of accessibility reliability as well so building a product that actually works all of the time not dependent on your on your signal strength on the the speed of your phone quality of your phone that kind of thing and engaging as well fast reliable and engaging basically the the technology was developed and over the last few years has now started to gain traction when we went up to google to do their sort of initial introduction to the the concept and how to go about building it in the best way, how to sort of sell it to your customers, that kind of thing. It was still sort of early days, not quite full browser support across all devices. And what's really exciting is that's now changed. We're now in a position where the technology is supported by all major browsers. So anybody on a on a phone or a tablet or a desktop, can all take advantage of this. And what's really, really awesome is one of my favourite things here is about the the terminology that's used. So PWA as a a term is a progressive web app. Uh, The reason it's progressive is because the idea is that dependent on your device, you can start introducing better and better features. Whereas what you'll see a lot of time in the App Store, for example, is your phone's not compatible with this, you can't download it. Whereas what we try and do with a progressive web app using this progressive enhancement is oh well, your phone can actually have these capabilities so you're able to do this much. Now that that, that can be particularly important for certain features but the, the kind of bulk of what a PWA can do is supported everywhere. And what's more exciting is that because it's supported in the web we can deliver this more advanced technology everywhere. So, we can build a website effectively, but make it a progressive web app mm. behind the scenes. So, you could take advantage of some of the more advanced features. Most importantly, the, the performance enhancements. One of the key criteria there is stats for websites, website load times on 3G average out at about 19 seconds. And that's for a standard website? Just for a standard website, yeah. 19 seconds? Yep. Uh, and then on 4G, that drops to about sort of 14,
0: 15 seconds, which is quite a long time. Yes. You were saying one of the stats that we found out was that most users, when they select a website they want to view, yep. if it doesn't load within three seconds, yep. the the chances, it's a high chance that they will leave the website. Yeah, leave you,
1: need, you need in, in, interest at three, engagement at five. If a if user can't in, engage or interact Within 5 seconds, people get bored fast nowadays, unfortunately. So, in order for your progressive web app, uh, enhanced website, in order to meet that criteria to be signed as a PWA, it needs to load within 5 seconds. So already you've got a huge gain over competitor websites, for example, because Google's looking at that. Search engines are crawling and going, ah, okay, well your website loads in 14 seconds, uh, sorry, your competitor's website loads within 14 seconds, but yours loads within four and a half. Users are much more likely to get a better experience on yours.
0: So Google is rewarding speed.
1: Yep, definitely. It's one of, one of the big changes uh, through 2020 It's gonna be that impact in, in search results. Um, how, how Google appreciates
0: the performance and efficiency of your website. A big factor for our clients is how good a website looks. Yep. Yeah. But when Google is looking at your website, it is focusing on its efficiency, uh-huh. how well structured it is and how well it is performing. In fact, we use a, a program to run audits on websites yeah. and determine how good of a website they are. Do you want to explain a little bit about how we go about looking at a website and what we're looking for?
1: Yeah, definitely. So so there's sort of a, a suite of, of tools that, that we use to to crunch the numbers that basically assess websites in key areas. So there's first of all there's performance. What we're looking for there is things like how fast the website loads, what the time is to the first engagement, time to interactive, you know, what sort of delays there are in terms of imagery, loading additional scripts. What people often forget nowadays is there's a a real kind of push to bloat websites with as many of these kind of trackers and little add-ons, widgets that they can and every one of those has an effect on your load time and so if you don't do that in the right way or if you do that too much that can severely impact the speed of your website and ultimately where you appear in search results so performance is a a really key factor. Uh, There's then accessibility so nowadays we're looking for a lot more support for various sort of accessibility things. So there's a concept, there's a, a technology called ARIA, which is to do with how your content is read. So making sure that you've got the right markup on your website. So making sure buttons are described as buttons, making sure links are described as links, tables as
0: tables, that kind of thing. It's prioritising structure over aesthetics. Yes. And making sure that structure is well defined. Because I think what you said to me once when I first started working with you was uh, websites are basically just documents yeah. shared over the internet. And what is the purpose of a website? And it is to impart information. And you should be doing that as efficiently as possible. There's that We've certainly experienced um, a lot of websites have become bogged down with the aesthetics, with the gloss, yes. with pretty animations and uh, Singing and dancing, whistles and bells everywhere, and they're they're hindering the performance of the website, and, yeah. and as a result, causing them to rank lower yeah. on Google search results. And what I think we focus on doing with websites that we build, we focus on the efficiency and yes. the simplicity. Yeah, because you can always improve, you can always grow, but when we build and a, a website, website, always will. Yes, a website has to be growing. Yeah, in order for it to stay relevant. But what we like to do with the websites that we design and build is focus on the simplicity and build on from there. Yes. Sort of like uh, an iterative process. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, in, it's interesting because we we start with the sort of the, the functionality and the core, what, what it needs to achieve, what it needs to do, and then move on to the design, the aesthetics, and that kind of thing, and then back to the functionality. So we always spend probably twice as much work on ensuring the functionality
0: is right over the aesthetics. Because people, I think a prime example would be how many times have you visited a website and you've landed on it and it looks very pretty, but the second you try and click a link and it doesn't work or it takes too long to load, you're gonna immediately become frustrated and leave, or you think I'm not getting the information I want, I'm out of here. So wouldn't you much rather deliver information in an efficient and simple way than a complicated, messy, but pretty way?
1: Yeah. No, definitely. I think it's the way way it works, ultimately. But I think sort of touching again on on that accessibility factor. (coughs) So touching again on that accessibility factor, as much as people tend to design for accessibility, there's often a lot of things that get forgotten in that. One of the examples I see probably more than anything is websites failing a colour contrast test. There are guidelines that state
0: how much contrast there should be between foreground and background colours. And why should something like colour contrast matter? Why why is that being reviewed and assessed? Yeah, so basically it's to do with people's vision, right?
1: So people are reading your content and everybody sees colour differently. You know, how you see one of your designs to how I see one of your designs when I'm building it we're seeing it slightly differently, and colour is one of those magic things that
0: is just completely different for everybody. So it's not only actually different through the eyes that are seeing it, but it's also different through the screens that are projecting it. Yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. So there's multiple levels of of inconsistency. So the reason these guidelines exist is to make sure there's the the best chance of the most amount of people being able to read your content. You know, is your text dark enough against its background colour? Let's say you've got a, a shade of green on a button as its background colour and then the text you're using on that is white. Is there enough contrast there that most people will be able to read the text on that button? And what's happening nowadays is if your website fails, you get punished because your website isn't... Google is, is interpreting the fact that you're not passing that test for the fact that people aren't going to have a good experience. So they're not going to push people to your website and the button may look very nice. yeah, But that's not to say
0: it will be efficient. But
1: not necessarily for all people. It might look pretty for the designer sat on his 5K iMac, but for Joe Blogs using their iPhone 5S, it might look totally different. That's a really bad example because they've got really nice screens as well. <laughs> but you, you, get, you, get, you get what I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an inconsistency.
0: Mm. So you've got performance and you've got accessibility. So what else are they looking at?
1: So SEO is another factor. SEO is is much more difficult to tackle programmatically with audits. So these take a bit more human involvement to look through a website, understand the content and a knowledge of SEO and how that should and shouldn't shouldn't be delivered. But there are some technical factors. One common one I see, which blows my mind every time, is certain resources being blocked. So you can very easily accidentally block search engines from crawling certain content on your website. Audits will look to make sure you're not blocking content in the wrong way. One of the most basic ones is using sensible links. You'll actually be slightly punished if you use links that say things like learn more because that doesn't mean anything.
0: It's not relevant
1: to no, the... No, it's got no context. Um, so you, you, you should use
0: links that are well described. You so, know, so if you're like... Talking about a, sp- a specific selling point, like yeah. for example, progressive web apps. Instead yeah. of saying "learn more," and say "learn more about progressive web apps." Yeah, basically. And that yeah. automatically. And it's simple, right? It seems. It seems. Little things like that. Yeah, but, but again, what what you find is coming back
1: to your point a second ago, where websites are aesthetic first. The designer will put a button that says "learn more" because it's a small amount of text. It fits a button and it looks right. So that's what happens. And yeah, one of the simplest things you can do is just, you know, certainly for small businesses, that kind of thing, is just go through and make sure all your internal links, so internal link being a link in your website linking to another bit of your website, just making sure they're all well described. Make sure you're using the right sort of text. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's probably one of the key quick and easy fixes for, for that. Um, you then go on to something called best practices what we're looking for there is making sure that the the technology and the way the website's been built follows the developer guidelines. So Google expect things to be done in a certain way because that's the way that works best. And one, one of the things I see a lot of in, in this category for, for audits we run is people failing because of a lot of the plugins and tools that they're using have vulnerabilities. So often we find with a lot of Websites built on content management systems, they include a lot of bloat, and sometimes these aren't updated, and therefore introduce sort of scripts and and pieces of technology that have security vulnerabilities. So it's compromising the security of your website? Yeah, basically. And Google sees what you're using in your website, and we'll see the fact you're using an old version that's got vulnerabilities, and we'll go, well, hold on a minute, if we send people to your website, they're vulnerable. So... Making sure that you're using up-to-date technology, security fixes and patches are, are applied. That kind of thing is really important. It's a whole whole range of of other things that sort of tie into other parts, like the accessibility, making sure things are well described, making sure your content's structured properly. That's that security one's always one that kind of flags for me. And then the final one is uh, using PWA capabilities.
0: All right. So these audits actually investigate whether or not you have any. PWA yeah. capabilities within your website yep yeah. so because of the 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 efficiency that a
1: PWA can can add to a website we obviously want to see if that's if that's there you know are there are a, any of the features because a PWA in terms of converting your website to a PWA you can do it on anything from sort
0: of zero to 100 in terms of the level of PWA you add so you could add in small PWA components yes or you could go whole hog and overhaul your website to be a PWA. Yes, exactly, yeah. And obviously the the better
1: Im- you implement a PWA and the more features you take advantage of, the better you're gonna score in that area. So yes, yeah, so they're, they're kind of the key, key areas we look
0: at. We actually conduct these audits ourselves. Yes. We actually provide it as a free service at the moment, I believe. Yes, yeah, we are at the minute. So if you actually wanted to have your website audited free of charge, I think we'll put a link in the description. But if not, you can always visit uh, lunarworks.co.uk and enter in your website, and we should uh, conduct an audit for you. Yeah. I'll also look at competitors as well. Yeah. If, the, if you want to compare yourself against your competitors, yeah. you can enter in their website addresses as well. And we'll... Yeah, I
1: think that's, that's one, of the, one of the most important things, is understanding yourself against others. You know, it's a, the web is a, is a competitive world, and everybody's fighting for those those top spots of Search Engine's results page, you've got to compare yourself to those that are doing well.
0: So we've talked a bit about what PWAs can do in a broad sense. Yeah. But I suppose one question is how prevalent are PWAs? Are there any examples of PWAs that are quite popular?
1: Yeah. So it's, as I said it's earlier, it's kind of a, an emerging technology now. Uh, we saw quite a lot of growth through 2019. And twenty twenty we should see quite a significant amount of, of growth in the area in terms of websites converting, new progressive web apps themselves being introduced. Uh, there's, there's some real big players already in the market. Um, so the Twitter mobile website is a PWA. Huh. Yep. And and this, this is see, this is again the amazing thing that you don't even realise. But the performance and the technology is there.
0: This is how seamless making a website
1: a PWA can be. Yeah. The end user should never realise. So there's also the Pinterest website. The whole website itself, actually. Yeah, the whole website. So if you visit Pinterest and you look at pins on your on your desktop or in the browser on your phone, that's running a PWA. We're starting to see the likes of Uber, Starbucks picking up as well. Obviously, most of Google's tools online. So all of the Google suite like Gmail, Google Docs all run PWA technology. Seeing a lot of indie developers and games appearing as well now, because um, that's kind of one of the markets that it's quite difficult to tackle with a PWA. Obviously, the, the mobile gaming industry is absolutely colossal. And the reason for that is with a native app, you can do some incredible stuff on phones. You know, the games that you can build on a phone now blow old desktop computer games out of the water completely of a few years ago. It's really exciting to see that market emerging in the PWA world. So we're starting to see better performance in terms of 3D rendering, um, machine learning, all that kind of stuff coming to
0: the web. So that's a, that's going to be a market that really grows certainly over the next few years. I don't think it's worth us going through all of the capabilities that PWA has. But no, if, definitely not. Because <laughs> it's quite extensive. But if people wanted to learn more, we've actually featured the list of capabilities on our website. Yep we've actually got a few more to feature. Yes, yeah, so we've got yeah.
1: a few pages on PWA's on the website at the moment. Um, we've got sort of a section with a little interactive grid of all the different features and you can sort of explore them all and learn
0: a bit about them. Uh, we've also got some demo apps that we've built as well. Oh, yeah, we've got Aurora. Yep. That's our That was our first PWA app, I believe. Yep. Um, that's available free to use. Um, you can find that on our website. Um, also search Uk. Yep. Um, The LunarWorks website itself is a PWA. Yep, it is. I mean, you could probably tell from how quickly it loads. Hopefully. A little bit of a brag there. (laughs) Um,
1: There's Corona. Yep. So Corona's our wedding RSVP tool, I guess you could call it.
0: Currently in its first version with version 2 underway.
1: Yep. So that's um, quite quite an exciting project. And we're probably working on about sort of four other client PWAs at the minute, Mm. I'd say. So uh, yeah, we're starting to, I think we saw, yeah, through 2019, we started seeing a lot a lot more growth in the area. And 2020, we're seeing quite a lot of inquiries now coming in for
0: this, this sort of technology. So if you're thinking whether or not your website should be a PWA, what should somebody do? I think the best thing to do is is get in touch. Now,
1: obviously, that, that seems like a, a sensible answer in terms of, yeah, get in touch with us, we'll help you out. But these things can be really use case driven. So what we find is some people, for example, have certain requirements for their website or or for an app. Um, It could be somebody that's looking to build an iOS app and actually isn't aware or hasn't considered other other alternatives. So it's really, really important to evaluate each case in isolation and understand what people are looking for, whether there's going to be any gains and advantages, what additional cost there is involved and and a timeline. You know, some some people, for example, might not have the budget immediately. You know, it might make sense to put a plan together that we do something first and then move iteratively towards that kind of goal. And we're always happy to have a chat. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've last year we had had some guys over in Canada asking for some advice. They weren't sure whether they should build one or not. And and yeah, it's just re, it's really important to just talk it through mm. and
0: and make sure that people understand the pros and cons. I think we had another uh, inquiry from a company in Scandinavia, yep. where they were asking to integrate a handful of PWA capabilities. Yeah, it wasn't overhauling their website; it was just integrating a few pieces of uh, technology. Yeah, relevant to a PWA. And that's
1: that's that's the really nice thing that I mentioned earlier: the kind of you can go one or a hundred in terms of what you do, and and basically that it sort of follows with different implementation methods, delivery methods of a of a new website, basically and you can integrate PWA features sort of piecewise. Uh, so let's let's take an example of a, a garage selling cars. It might be that you don't want to overhaul your whole website, but actually you thought it'd be really nice if people could put in a, a registration and get a price for their car. So you could be build that little feature as a PWA. Or of course you could say, well actually let's rebuild the whole website and add that in as well. and. You launch the whole thing as a as a PWA. So there's there's different levels of sort of integration that you can do.
0: I think yeah, it's worth noting that PWAs are very flexible. Yeah. So whatever your budget constraints, whatever your time constraints, PWAs can fit those requirements. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, you know, with
1: a couple of clients we're working with at the minute, we're implementing PWA into their into the their websites as just the most basic version of a PWA but just to help with that performance, um, make sure we hit the accessibility needs and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, that's that's one of the things I really like about the, the concept of a PWA is it makes people think about these other factors. Again, going back to things like color contrast and stuff like that, people tend to forget stuff like that. When you're building a PWA, that's one of the contributing factors, so it comes to the front of your mind. Um, another, another really important one is website security. So I f- I feel still find it staggering how many websites still aren't https, mm. right? So a security certificate can be free for your website. And a lot of companies will charge you a lot of money for security certificates and a lot of people get put off by that, but there's there's tools out there that you can get those for free and your website can be https secure for free. What's um what's one of those free secure? Uh, so Let's Encrypt is the is the best one for it.
0: We'll put a link for that, yeah. As well.
1: Um, so what what people f- can can do is if they if they have their website hosted somewhere, more often than not, there's a little button in their control panel that says "Sign up to Let's Encrypt" and it just does it for you. The difference with one of these kind of free security certificates is they only uh, re-register them themselves kind of every every few months, so you have to just kind of keep an eye on it and make sure that it's it's still valid. Um, Because sometimes they fail and you have to kind of push the button again.
0: But it is worth securing a website.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for the hassle of checking it every few months. Of course, you can buy a certificate. You know, they last 12 months. Again, auto-renew, that kind of thing. So you still got to kind of keep an eye on it. Uh, The difference is money will disappear from your account, basically. (laughs) So the, the point of that is a PWA can only be served over HTTPS. So again, it forces people to think about security, which is good news for the web, because it means that those things are becoming more important and more standard everywhere.